Today on the Tech Bytes podcast, we're going to talk about techniques to improve user experience and application performance while also securing end users' applications and devices. Our sponsor is Palo Alto Networks, and we're going to talk about how Palo Alto Networks is integrating technologies such as remote browser isolation and application acceleration into Prisma Access. This is their cloud-delivered security offering. Uh, my guest is Siva Rajasekaran. He's Director of Product Management at Palo Alto Networks. Siva, welcome back to the podcast. So using context clues around RBI, it sounds like remote browser isolation means web content content is being run remotely in an isolated environment, maybe a VM or a container, instead of directly on my laptop or PC. Is that correct? And if so, can you put more details around that? Absolutely, Drew. Thank you for having me here again. Remote browser isolation is an ability for customers to be able to execute the web content remotely on a browser, as opposed to bringing the content directly to the end user's machine. You may wonder why somebody would do that. It is definitely a way for being able to protect the endpoints from untrusted content that is out there in the internet. Okay, so I'm thinking like, you know, phishing scams or malware that's embedded in a website. I don't want that executing on an end user's laptop. So the idea is to have that execute somewhere else where it can be scanned and any malicious content removed. Yeah, we see that as, you know, one additional layer of, you know, defense. Traditional secure web gateways and the uh, secure web gateway offering that we have from Palo Alto Networks, customers have the ability to already classify different types of web categories um, as phishing, malicious, etc., and be able to take preventive actions and being able to protect the end users from being able to go to those phishing websites or access those malicious content. Not only that, with our advanced URL filtering that we get from Palo Alto Networks through our Prisma Access and our next-gen firewall platforms, even unknown URL categories through our deep learning techniques, we will be able to classify them and categorize them from unknown to a known category. So all this is good. At the same time, there will definitely be some websites, some applications, and for some special users, you may want to allow an unknown category or a category of high risk to be able to still be accessed from this machine. When you allow them, allow those special users, or when you allow those special applications to still be accessed by the end user, you don't want that content to be delivered to the end user's machine. So have them delivered through a remote browser, and that way, any web content that would have gotten executed on the end user machine, you prevent them from happening. That's the protection that you give for those special users and special use cases, which do not fall into the usual URL filtering, secure web gateway category of use cases. Okay, so I mean, maybe this sounds like kind of defense in depth strategy. What are some typical use cases if I want to bring RBI into the web security applications I've already got in place? Sure, Drew, I can give you a couple of use cases. You know, any high-risk application, any category which is an unknown category, like I talked about, uh, would get classified as a known category through our advanced URL filtering. And the best practice for all of these type of high-risk applications, high-risk uh, websites is to block them. And in some cases, you may have some users who would have to given access to those special high-risk websites. What are those use cases? Uh, this would be, uh, you know, pen testers. This could be a security SOC incident analyst or someone who is trying to do a threat investigation or trying to gather evidences. In those cases, you know, blocking while it is the best security step, in these scenarios, you will have to allow the user to go through those web applications and um, do their investigation or whatever that additional step they want to carry out. How do you allow that to happen? And how do you do that without risking putting your enterprise at risk is where uh, we feel that RBI is a very good way to provide you the defense in depth. 
Okay, so if I, a security researcher or a SOC or analyst or something needs to see what's happening on this website, they can do that investigation without endangering the entire organization because, again, that uh, web code is not being executed in the enterprise environment. It's being done in the cloud somewhere and in, I presume, a container or a VM. That is right, Rook. Yes, you are absolutely right. So how are you delivering RBI? Is this a separate service? How do I get it if I'm a Palo Alto Networks customer? Palo Alto Networks with our Prisma Access and Prisma SASE, one thing that we have taken upon ourselves is to provide customers with a unified cloud management console, one unified product that they can use to not only onboard users, but also manage configurations and manage entire operation end-to-end. So with that, what we are doing is we are um, adding this RBA capability completely, fully integrated into our Prisma Access. And what it means for customers is when you identify those special users and some special websites for which you need to turn on remote browser isolation, you can do that directly from the same security policy that you're familiar with. No additional configurations required, no additional console required, everything done from one single place, the place that you're very familiar with in the Prisma Access Cloud Management Console. Okay, so this is a policy option I would set in that console that I'm already familiar with. And that sort of presages my next question about how am I as an administrator making sure that traffic is going to the RBI option? So you will have all the logs and you have the ability to also track every traffic flow based on user. So you can identify who's the user and from the logs you can also, and the traffic logs, you can also identify where the traffic is headed. So end-to-end solution provided through one unified management console uh, with the level of debug logs that is available for you to troubleshoot and uh, root cause if there are things that you need to identify and resolve. Okay, so that's the RBI portion of the conversation. Let's start talking about application acceleration. What is the driver here for adding application acceleration features? Any organization is making a choice here. They are making a choice of how do I provide the best security for my enterprise and how do I make sure my users are productive? Uh, you know, productivity and security are two aspects. And uh, many times when we have spoken to customers, we see that uh, they have to make a trade-off today. They make the trade-off in terms of, hey, if I want to get the best security, then I may have to compromise on some of the user experience that I want to provide for our end users. So this is a very bad state to begin with. You know, you want the best security and you don't want to compromise on the user experience when you achieve that best security. Uh, that is the biggest driver that we see for our application acceleration, Drew. That's an issue with security. We need to have security controls in place, but if users feel like they're introducing a bad experience, they'll find a way around them. That's exactly what we don't want to happen because, you know, you have done the due diligence of, you know, identifying the best solution that suits your organization's security goals. You put that in place, you deploy them, but users are not on board. Users are not on board because it prevents them from doing the daily work. They will find ways to break away from those controls. And in the world that we have today, applications could be, you know, private applications, uh, legacy applications that could uh, use SMB type of protocols. And you also have like modern applications like Workday, Salesforce, uh, more internet SaaS type of applications too. Regardless of the type of application, the user's expectation, I'm talking about the end user's expectation is they want to be able to access those applications um, as though they're connecting directly. Uh, in some cases, that experience that they're expecting is uh, even faster than direct-to-app experience. Uh, they want much faster experience. And uh, that is where, uh, with our app acceleration that we are introducing with Prisma Access, what we will be able to do for our customers and uh, through our customers to our end users is able to access those applications through network and application acceleration methods. That way, 
they get to enjoy that application, which is close to, or in some cases, better than direct to app experience itself. Okay, so you mentioned SaaS applications, legacy applications, private applications. You can provide acceleration capabilities for all of those? That is right, Drew. We will be able to provide applications across SaaS, internet, and private applications. Uh, We'll be able to provide them acceleration techniques. Uh, This could be acceleration at an application layer, and uh, also we could do acceleration at the network layer. The goal is very simple, getting the customers to not have to do the trade-off between user experience and security. So get the security that we have always been known for uh, without compromising on the user experience. You mentioned Prisma Access then. Is application acceleration a Prisma Access capability? It is a Prisma Access capability, Drew. Uh, This will become an option for customers to opt in where they can turn on this functionality. With this functionality, they will get the app acceleration capability. Are there particular applications or services that would benefit from application acceleration techniques? You know, I'll start with an example of an application such as uh, Salesforce. Now, this is just one example, but you get it. Uh, There are like any number of applications. um, You would be able to do this app acceleration technique to provide the fastest experience for end users. Let's pick Salesforce. Now, Salesforce is an application many users are familiar with. And that's an application where you would run some queries, you would generate some reports, you would view those dashboards. All of this operation generally takes time. And if you look at where does it take the most time, it is the Salesforce application itself. It is not the end user's machine. It is not the Wi-Fi to which they're connected to. Uh, It is not even the internet. It is also not the security stack through which they're going through. It is the application itself that is introducing this latency. And, uh, uh, you know, more easier for you to relate to would be if I say, you don't have to run Salesforce in the cloud. You take the Salesforce app, run it very close to you, or even run it on your laptop. If you still do the same operation of running the query, generating the report to view the dashboards, it would still be slow. And that is what we are talking about, and that is what we want to address. And how are we addressing it is by doing our app acceleration on the Salesforce app. We are monitoring real users' traffic to Salesforce and using the real users' monitoring. We identify the TCP optimization that we should do for those fields. And uh, once that optimization is done, we are able to give you and your end users the direct-to-app experience and access to those SaaS applications like Salesforce or Prisma Access to be the fastest. Again, going back to what we just talked about earlier, there are multiple ways to provide the best end-user experience. And one way to do this would be to to look at the end-user's machine, define and run some pops closer to the end-user so that they get connected to the closest edge and do the processing there. And also look at the security stack itself and then make it better and make it optimized to process different types of application traffic. We have been doing all of that. And based on customer input, what we are uh, coming to a conclusion is while all of these steps definitely help, but it is not sufficient enough to provide the end user that experience that they're looking for. And that is why our app acceleration uh, with the optimization that we do at every traffic flow, we are able to give that experience. The outcome that the end users would experience would be far better than the optimization that you may have tried at different layers we just talked about earlier. Am I also able to get you know visibility into application performance using these application acceleration techniques? Because I'm thinking of the use case where if an app is slow, the first thing you're just going to do is you know send in a ticket saying, hey, the network is slow, whether it's the network or not. So are you able to extract metrics for that you know sort of troubleshooting or uh, investigation capability? That is right, Drew. With our autonomous digital experience management and the app acceleration that we're doing now, what we will be able to provide for our customers is that visibility of what is a traffic flow 
and also uh, segment-wise insights into where the experience of the end user is poor. Uh, with that level of visibility and also the performance for that application, uh, we can give the customer the view that they want as they understand how has the application performance improved with the, the new app acceleration that we're introducing. And this application acceleration capabilities, does that require uh, a lot of configuration and tinkering by customers on the end user's laptops or on gateways and so on? Or is that, you know, uh, again, going into the console and clicking some fields? No, we don't want our customers to go through that trouble of uh, rolling out agents and enabling uh, configurations and setups. And as much as possible, we want to reduce the amount of effort our customers would, would have to take to enjoy this app acceleration. So uh, we have minimized it. There's only a couple of controls that they will have to enable. Um, beyond that, uh, this should be like seamless for end users and uh, very easy for administrators to turn this on. Okay, well, we've uh, run up uh, against the end of our time, Siva, but if folks want to get more details about all of the things we talked about or about just uh, SD-WAN and, and cloud-delivered security, uh, where should they go? Oh, yeah, so there is a couple of options there. Uh, immediately, they can tune into our SASE Converge. That's an event that's happening on November 15th and 16th. That's one option. And um, alternate option is always reach out to the Palo Alto Networks account rep who would be able to put you in touch with uh, the folks in the product management side here. We'll be happy to walk through this in detail and give you detailed product demos. Okay, the SASE Converge event, that's a live event, but I can also attend uh, online. Is that correct? That is correct, Drew. Okay, so if you're interested, that's sassyconverge.paloaltonetworks.com if you want to sign up one more time, sassyconverge.paloaltonetworks.com, taking place November 15th and 16th, 2023. You can find that link in the show notes that accompany this podcast. Thanks, Siva, for joining us, and thanks to Palo Alto Networks for being a sponsor of Packet Pushers. If you like this episode, you can find it and many more fine free technical podcasts and our community blog. It's all at packetpushers.net. Uh, connect with other network engineers and IT professionals on our Slack channel. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, hear us on Spotify, and if you would, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough.